welcome, welcome. I have to share with you one incredible thought as we begin the new year, beginning with the Genesis, Bereshis, the first part in the Torah, and a, a theme that I've been noticing that I think appears throughout the entire Torah. And I would like to, you to refer back to the Secret of Clouds uh, podcast we made a few days ago about the mystical meaning of rain and clouds in relation to Sukkis, as well as the mystical number 91. And I want to expand on that right now. So we mentioned in brief, and I'll say it quickly, please look, listen to that uh, previous talk if you want more information, but we mentioned the idea of rain symbolizing God's blessing coming into this world and clouds as being the medium to bring that blessing. And we mentioned the mystical number 91, which um, has to do with the connection between this world and, and the spiritual world, between God and and the hidden spirituality, the hidden godliness within this world. Um, so I had another revelation of the number 91, actually two, and I'll share with the, you them, and then I'll, I'll expound on this idea throughout the Parsha that we're about to start, that we mentioned that, uh, that you shake the lulav 91 times on, on every day of Sukkot, which corresponds to this number that the, the numerical value of, the, of Sukkah itself is 91. So another amazing number that has a numerical value of 91. Now, in, when it comes to Gematria, which is the, the secrets of numbers in, in Torah, you can always add the number one for the amount of, for the word. So you can always add one. You can always be one off when you do a Gematria, and you can always add one, one number to it. So the word Mayim, water in Hebrew, has a numerical value of 90. So again, the idea of water symbolizing this connection between us and God. We said in Kabbalah, there's something called the Mayim. Uh, there's something called a Mayim Dukhvin, which is male waters versus feminine waters, which has to do with whether we're reaching out to God or God is reaching out to us. And that the highest level we set on Sukh is when we draw the water and bring that as a sacrifice, because now we're offering the water back up and starting the cycle again. That's ultimately what God wants, is for us to then take the blessing of this world and to return it to him, is to reach out to him. Uh, um, another amazing 91 that I discovered is that the, the on, on Passover, on Sukkot, we bring certain animal sacrifices in the temple, and we bring 70 bulls. Uh, corresponding to the 70 nations of the world that we're, we're literally bringing offerings that the nations of the world should have bounty and, and blessing and rain in the coming year. And I just did a little bit of math. I said, well, how many bulls are brought? There's a special bull offering that's brought on all the holidays of the year. So there's 71 brought on the week of Sukkot. There's, uh, there's 14 brought on the week of Passover. There's two on Shavuos. There's one on Russia. Uh, there's... Th uh, really three brought on Rosh Hashanah, one brought on Yom Kippur. If you add those all together, it equals 91. So again, the idea of a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, is we're taking our goodness and our blessing and we're, we're acknowledging that this comes from God and we're they're burning it up is set, symbolic of bringing something back to its spiritual state, returning it to its source. So now that we have all this interesting interconnection between water and, and, and the prayer for rain and the sukkah, which represents the clouds, which is God coming into this world. So now we have uh, this week's Parshas, Parshas Bereshis. So Bereshis begins literally right at the beginning. Bereshis bar God in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. The earth was empty and void, and there was water. There was darkness on the face of the deep, and the 
spirit of God hovered on the face of the water. So right away we have water. And the sources point out that we really have four elements here. We have Shemayim, which is made up of two words, Esh and Mayim, fire and water. We have this Tahom, this deep water. We have the Ruach, which is the air, the spirit. And then we have the Aretz, the earth, is the four uh, quintessential elements, earth, air, fire, water. And then the Torah goes on to say in the second day that God separated between the water that was uh, this upper water. God says, let there be a sky between the water that would separate between the water and the water. And somehow there's something called a sky that separates between upper water and lower water. And the sources all talk, the Talmud talks about that there's this this upper water, which is somehow closer to God. And again, I don't know the symbolism of what that water is, but based on what we're discussing, it seems to me that it means it's the, the, the blessing of God that's stored somewhere in a spiritual realm. And then there's the lower water, which is the physical water on earth. And the lower water, the Talmud says, is crying to get close to God because it was separated. It was thrown into this world and it wants to go back up. That's an idea I once heard of why waves in the ocean are constantly climbing upward because they're trying to get back up to God. So too, we know that water evaporates and that's how the whole cycle works. The water comes in and water comes out. All right, and that, so that's the first, first two days of creation. And then we have, when God created man, it says that there was not yet trees upon the earth had it not yet sprouted. But but what, one second, and, and God had not yet sent rain upon the earth and there was no man to work the soil. But wait a second, this is already day, you know, we're talking about uh, the time when God had already created a world. But, but But we know that there were already trees. Trees were created on day um, on day five no that's water birds day on second where's the trees trees are created on day three so how does it mean that there was no trees yet after the world was created so we're talking about at the end before day six so the commentaries explain, Rashi explains that day six, that, that the reason there was not yet trees is because God had not yet created man and man needs to pray in order to bring rain. That rain is something that comes only when we ask for it. It's a reciprocal relationship that God created us in a world where we are lacking, where he, his presence is hidden. And where we have needs, we need to rely on God in order for our sustenance, in order to exist. And therefore, we need to pray. And rain symbolizes that necessity of reaching out to God and asking for our needs. So that's, that's again, a significance of the, the idea of rain. And I just want to fly through without explaining what's, what it all means. I just want to point out that we have, right after the story of the chat, Parshas Bracious, we have the flood. So again, the, the, the great the great depths burst open and the and the skylights of the heavens open up and we have this flood which somehow purifies the earth. And then if we continue, we have Avraham who feeds water to travelers. Then we have then we have um, we have Yitzchak. Yitzchak who we have Yitzchak who meets his wife at a well. And then Yitzchak is busy with his days digging wells. 
that's what he's that's what he's involved in. And he redigs the wells that his father Avram had dug. Avram also dug wells. Then we have Yaakov, who again meets his wife at a well. And and um, then moving along, we have we we go down to to Egypt, and Egypt is described as a land where you don't need rain in Egypt. In Egypt, the Nile overflows, and you have canals from the Nile. You don't need rain, and yet Israel is a land where you rely on on God. Then we have Paro, who dreams about cows coming out of the Nile River, and then Paro decides to kill all the Jewish males by throwing them into the river. And Moses, baby Moses, is put in a basket on the river, and then Moses goes on to rescue the Jews by splitting the sea. And then we go into the desert, and we have this well of water that Miriam brings that, that produces water from a rock. And the Jewish people travel through the desert for 40 years, and then Moses, Moshe hits the same rock. It's called Me Meriva, the waters of strife. And because of hitting this rock and not doing what he's supposed to have done, he is commanded that he's not allowed to enter into the land of Israel. Again, we have the theme of water, really from beginning to end. We have this theme of water accompanying us through the entire Torah. And I believe the message of water is exactly this. It's the reciprocal relation between us who need to rely on God to bring life force and blessing into, the, into our life. And the kindness, water, according to Kabbalah, symbolizes kindness, God's kindness, and then us returning the process by taking the substance and the bounty of this world and offering it back up with acknowledging our relationship to God, turning to him in prayer to ask for that rain and then thanking him once we have the rain. And ultimately, what he wants more than anything is for us to acknowledge the blessings and to return them. I want to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos and a beautiful year.